don't make the mistake of trying to make all your videos super high polished to the point where you get delayed and you can't regularly produce them. Hello everyone, welcome to No Fat Cats. I'm your host, Wesley Dean, where I'm helping you establish a video strategy for yourself and help you hone in on what you're trying to do, your strategy, and help save you money and keep you from wasting time. I've been a part of a lot of projects before where people wasted a ton of time creating stuff that had no impact, that was a waste of time, and didn't overall help them achieve their goals. And I want to help you achieve your goals. And so that's why in this episode, I'm going to dive into the categories of video. So understanding that not all types of videos are the same, their goals aren't all the same. And but to you, it might just seem like oh, we need video, we need video. Yes, you do need video, but you also need to understand how to use it. So I'm going to go over a few categories of video and how you can be using them. And, and maximizing the different categories because really the role and and goal of each one is going to be significantly different depending on what you're trying to do. So the first category I want to jump in are more of your awareness videos for social media. So this could be either you know, social media or YouTube. Now, usually the goal if you're creating content to put out on social media is you're really just trying to create general awareness. Often you're, you're trying to get exposure. People don't know who you are. If they have never seen, seen you, seen the work that you do, what you put out, or maybe they met you once they liked your page on YouTube or, or, or Facebook and, or Instagram. But, but guess what? If you're not putting anything out there, they're not going to be reminded that you exist. And if you're a nonprofit, they're not going to be reminded to get involved, to donate, to volunteer. If you're a company, they're not going to know to, to buy from you or, or what you offer and, and how you can help them. So if your goal is, if you're, we're talking about that space, like social media or YouTube, your goal is you need to be producing regular content. And so this, this really has to be, your goal should be to produce something at least once a week, at least once a week. If you're thinking, Hey, I'm just going to produce something and, and put it up there, you know, once a year or once a quarter, it's just probably not going to work that well. All your content doesn't have to be video. It could be a mixture, but I think video is a very powerful way of connecting with people. However, one of the mistakes that people make with video that I often see is they, for a social media piece, they try to make it too big. I mean, they try to spend way too much time, especially if you're within some sort of organization, company. It is any For some reason, people think of video as has to be this highly produced piece. And so while a picture can get approved quickly, if it's a video, there all of a sudden become all these layers of approval where people need to send it to their VP of marketing and who needs to send it. Sometimes like all the way up to the president of a company just to post one video. So I have no idea, like this is a terrible way of producing video when for some reason, all your videos have to be approved by multiple layers. Like this just slows you down completely in terms of your ability to produce content. Now I get it. If this is your signature big campaign, yes, you want it to be approved. But if you're just, the goal is to stay front and center of people, you just need to be producing stuff regularly that's simple, that people connect with. I often see the see the mistake that people want to make it, make it highly polished in front of a, like, no, let's say the, make it very kind of, corporate or but really like people connect the most with, with content that feels like that was shot on a cell phone if, if your goal is is social media like shoot it on a, on a cell phone make it feel like you're walking around the building or just talking to someone people like seeing the behind the scenes i mean there are enough 
stuffy people in this world who put on a false front to make it seem like everything is fine. And people can tell when that's the case and that's what you're putting out. So be be more comfortable, be authentic, even though I know that's kind of a buzzword that in some circles is overused, but just be realistic with people and help them understand the real you. So going back, your goal really is to stay top of mind when it comes to the videos you're producing. And, you know, really, you should have two goals. So so one is you're either entertaining or you're informing. And now which one of those are you doing it? It, it, kind of, it depends on you. Um, I mean, hopefully, I think the best videos have a, an element of entertaining, but also have some sort of information. And often if people are going online, and they're scrolling, either I'm evaluating something subconsciously through that lens. I don't I don't think of it, but I'm thinking, is this going to be fun to watch and it's going to entertain me? Or is this going to teach me something that's going to help me be more prepared in life? Or is this, you know, just kind of a random video that's that I'm not going to like connect with? And, and it's just, it's going to go, there's, there's too much content out there. You, so you either have to, from the very beginning, be clear that catch someone, make it engaging, make it funny, make it sticky, or you need to present the problem that you're solving. Because I mean, how many times do we all go to YouTube looking to solve a problem? And, and guess what? We're not looking for, you know, let's say you're trying to fix a something regarding to like a doorknob. I, I have had to change doorknobs before. And so when I'm when I'm going online, I'm not searching for how do houses work or, you know, trying to I'm no, I'm looking for how to change a doorknob. And so you're creating content that helps people do something very specific. So early on when people were starting to use Zoom and uh, everyone was going on during the coronavirus, early stages of the coronavirus pandemic, I, I had my my parent, my dad and my and my mother-in-law all asking me about how to use Zoom. So that was a tip of, you know, people really want to know how to use Zoom. Let me create a video. And I, I literally made a video on uh, using Zoom and, and a microphone. It was 10 tips on how to use Zoom. And I put it out there and it had a lot of reshares. It had a lot of comments. And the best part was it took me like 15 minutes to make. It wasn't complicated, but it, but it added something of value that informed people at a stage that they needed it. And so that's that needs to be your goal is thinking, am I entertaining or informing people? And so then and your goal really should be to regularly produce content. And so I mean, at least once a week, if, if not more. And, and so you might be thinking, wow, how in the world am I supposed to be producing content that regularly in order to be successful with an awareness campaign? Well, what you just have to do is decide on if that is your goal, what do the products look like? Because you might be trying to produce something too big to do it on a weekly basis. Can you spend 40 hours a week producing a video every week? Probably not, unless you're part of a much bigger company and your sole job is to produce that one video a week, uh, then that's the case. But in, for, for many people, it might just look like, you know, I can once a week pull out a camera and walk around a space or talk about something or produce some some little piece. And so for me too, I know with the podcast, when I was first starting off, I wanted to do like all these elements and uh, my goal was to produce the video, the podcast, put a resource out. And, and for me, the stage that I was at it was it was too much. I didn't have the systems in place. I didn't have the, you know the right the right team to be able to do stuff. And so for a while, I had to s scale back and figure out. All right, for me, I can literally produce one podcast a week. Uh, maybe put the video online, but then produce uh, put put a, a web page up where I'm putting the the video the content so people can see it. And that was the I can do this once a week. But then as I created systems, brought people on board to, to help with things, I've gradually been able to expand that to help. And but at first too where I was at, it just, 
the finances didn't make sense for me to have to pay someone just to do everything. And so initially when I had employees who were really busy and I had the opportunity costs and I was just like, I can't be paying, you know, I can't be pay spending a thousand dollars a month paying people to do all of this content. Because if that's just what they're doing, I'm not seeing the return on investment, but I had to figure out what is that cost that I can pay in order to help me produce this content on this regular basis. And finding that sweet spot where you say, hey, I can spend this amount of money to help me produce this content, figure out your budget, and then allocate, all right, so if we're producing content on a weekly basis, let's just say, I'm just saying $500. Let's say your budget is like, we can produce content $500 a month to produce video. And then you can say, all right, well, that means that we can produce one video. Uh, there's about you know four to five weeks out of the month. So guess what? Our budget for each of the videos is gonna be is going to be a hundred dollars just you know keeping the math simple here and so is that enough money to hire a crew hire a full-time person to edit one video like absolutely not but what it might be is enough to say what if once a quarter we shoot content we have someone come in and we're going to plan to be able to create all these micro pieces of content where then they're editing batch editing it and guess what now we have our content to put out on on a weekly basis or you might say no i don't even have 500 dollars a month I want to produce, but I still want to produce something weekly. Like, well, do you have a cell phone? You know, like, do you have a cell phone? Can you literally pull it out once a week and, uh, and hit record and, and just upload it? So you're just, you know, just yesterday I was in a, in a space, a workspace where we were setting up a, a camera system for a gym. And so I literally said, well, let me just pull out my camera, talk about what I'm doing and talk about how I am. We're working with the gym to help them pivot during this crisis to be able to have coaches come in record videos online to be able to put it out there and connect with people and you know it's very simple to make but it's interesting and, and it's better to produce one simple video at a regular basis than to not do anything at all and so that's kind of a breakdown of what that looks like and so some of you might be in different positions you might either be as, a, as an individual where you want to produce more content there's myself where you want to produce things that kind of show your thought process um, what you do and it might either be you might fall in the category of trying to inform people or you might be trying to entertain people and you're trying to you're maybe it's more of a travel blog style or it's a, a vlog where you put people put things out there and, and talk about your life or how awesome you are in terms of all the adventures you have it, it might be that style but but don't make the mistake of trying to make all your videos super high polished to the point where you get delayed and you can't regularly produce them the goal is weekly content so whatever it takes if you can dedicate four hours a week to producing that one video then then go for that if you don't even have that much time and can only do one hour let's say you can only do 15 minutes a day then make it think through what could i do with my phone pull out your phone for five minutes and then you know, record it and then upload it with that remaining five minutes. There's ways of allocating budgets uh, and time to be able to do everything the right way. So that is general awareness. So I mean, if you're doing something more for YouTube, you know, it'd either be informing or, or entertaining. Um, but it, but especially if you want to make it informing, you have to make sure that your title is titled in a way that people are going to be able to find it. But if it's Facebook, you can just plan on it's going to be in the feed. It's it might show up if people like it and it kind of gets things going. But still, the goal is regular content. So the next category I want to talk about are more evergreen videos. And so that that really is more of a lead magnet. So what is a lead magnet? So a lead magnet is something where someone goes on your site and then they see it might be how to fix your car or you know just, or how to um, create a video strategy or whatever it might be, it's something of value that is going to 
entice people to give that's going to be valuable enough for people to give you their email address. If you look at if you go on someone's site, you know, they'll have a list of articles, they might have different things. But there's one thing that you're offering that it's usually it's a how to it's related because if someone's going on your website, you know, like I said, they're either trying to be entertained, or they're trying to be informed. So ideally, your lead magnet would help inform somebody about a pressing problem that they have. Because I'm not going to give if I'm going to give my email address out, I'd better be extremely entertained or you better better solve my problems and entertain me. And so even brainstorming ideas, it could be how do you, you know, set up a home composting? Let's say you're a company that sells composting bins. It could be how to set up a home composting bin and best practices or whatever it is, or how to keep the flies away. Just you name it. What problem do you do the people you have or the people you work with have? And then you need to be able to how do you address it in a way. And so in this case, one way to do that is just a simple PDF that people download. But I'm a firm believer that an even better way is having some sort of video component where you personally walk them through the problem that they're having. And there might be additional resources to, to walk them through and to help like a PDF or a checklist, anything like that. And through the process of going through this lead magnet, they will see that you do in fact know what you're talking about. And they're also going to be connecting with you. So if, if you're looking at the camera, I'm looking at the camera right now. And so, uh, you know, for the podcast, you obviously can't see it. But if you're looking at the video, you can actually look into my eyes and it's going to feel like you're talking to me. So it's the, it's the great thing about videos. It's, it's almost like you're looking in at me as we're having a conversation. And so that is actually going to create a sense of connection, just like in real life. If you are talking with somebody, and you look them in the eyes, and let's say you had a 30 minute conversation, you look them in the eyes for 30 minutes, you're going to feel a deeper connection with them than if you spend the whole 30 minutes looking down, looking at your phone, looking away, and don't make any eye contact. And so in that lead magnet, if you have the chance to look at your audience, make eye contact, explain the problem in a clear and concise way, and how they can fix it or how you can fix it. Usually though, it's better to make it as a way that how they can fix their own problem, but then at the same time, show that you're an expert in that field. So that way, if they decide, you know, I actually can't fix this problem on my own. I want somebody to help me. Who can help me? Oh, guess what? This person who showed me how I could fix it, but I, I just don't feel like I'm skilled. I'm not, not a handy person. I, I'm too busy. But now I'm going to trust them to help me fix the problem because they so clearly articulated how to fix it. And so that would be in a form of a lead magnet. And so I really believe that video and a lead magnet is one of the most powerful ways of creating a connection with potential donors with potential customers, where they walk you through a process because anytime you understand the clarity of a process, you trust the person more you trust them, because you understand what's going to happen. It's not nebulous. Anytime things are nebulous or, or confusing, people aren't likely to take the next step. So imagine if you know, you go to a store, you know that I go to the store, and then I take the item, I pick it, put it in my cart, and then I go to the cashier and I give them either cash or my my debit card, my credit card, you know, no credit cards if you're Dame Ramsey followers. Um, and then I do a transaction and we walk out the door. But, but think of how hard it would be if every time you walked into a store, there were no cash registers, and you could find an item but then you actually weren't sure which door to go out and you weren't sure if you could pay the money or if you could just walk out and pay later or if you, you actually had to do some sort of exchange in the back where it wasn't labeled and then go to the front. And, and I don't know if you, you have ever done, I know I personally have lived overseas and sometimes you go to some of these places and, and the bureaucracy is, is a bit confusing. So 
Uh, at one point I was uh, traveling in India and I had, had to pay for a bag, but for some reason this huge airport didn't have the ability to accept payments through credit card. And so I, I'm in line trying to pay for my bag and the guy says, oh, we don't accept this card here. So he walked me all the way down and upstairs to then pay for something. And then I had to go down and take that piece of paper to another counter. And then I was finally good and I had paid for my bag. Guess what? Nobody likes that kind of process for getting things done. So you need to be able to explain in your lead magnet a process that's clear how they can do it. And at the end, the goal is that they will say, wow, you were really helpful let me, I'm going to trust you to help me solve my problem. So that is a, a lead magnet. And, and the same can also be true for online courses. So in some cases, you just explain things so well that you say, you know, what? I don't want to actually do this problem for people. I, what I'd rather do is create an online course to help people do it themselves. And is, they're actually going to pay me a little money. So they value it. And I'm going to spend all this time creating something. And then afterwards, if they still want my help, you offer additional services at a much higher price where you actually do the content for them yourself. So that is kind of the second category being lead magnets, online course videos. The next one really has to do more with kind of brand story videos where you're you're kind of explaining a little more about what you do. Now, this is a category of video where people are connecting with you, but I'm a little hesitant to recommend it because usually when someone's going to your website, they're not they're not ready to hear how awesome you are. You know, they're, they're not really ready to hear about what you do and um, the places you've been and your connection. That That's likely to come a little bit afterwards once they understand how the problem you solve. So let's say with bread, you know, I just wanna know, hey, oh, that you sell bread, it's great, it's it's good for me, okay, let me buy it. And then you notice like the, the story about the family farm, you know, for example, it's usually on the back cover of the back of a product. It's usually down below. It's not front and center. So I think people sometimes make the mistake of assuming that it, when we go to a, go to a website, we'll tell the story of the farmer at the very beginning without explaining what it is they do and how you make my life better. But once you can explain a problem, what you do, how you help people. And then once they're starting to explore, like, who is this? What do they do? Then have, a brand story kind of at the back that, it, that explains what you do. But I wouldn't spend too much money on a brand story unless you actually have a spot where you're okay producing it without seeing a direct return on your investment for, for a little while. So first, I would definitely recommend get a lead magnet in place. So that's you have that. And, and then with the lead magnet, make sure it's attached to a sales funnel or a nurturing email campaign where you actually follow up to, to encourage them to make this next purchase um, for, for what that looks like. Because if people don't know where to go next, they won't go there. Then kind of the fourth category that I want to look at really are fundraising impact videos or client testimonials. So in some ways, these are very similar in terms of I'm just calling them different things because obviously fundraising would go more towards your nonprofit videos where a nonprofit is looking to raise money. They might often have a annual gala or some sort of fundraising event or a, an annual campaign, whether it's online or, or in person, but it's, it's more of a fundraising impact campaign. And then for, for, for businesses is more would be called a client testimonial where it's, let's actually talk to someone who is using this, this product, it's changed their life. People want to hear that this actually works and they want to hear from people. And so, so just people want to hear from people and, and how your product or services are helping people make be better. And so, and this is where quality and is going to vary a little bit. So if I'm producing, let's go back to the nonprofit scenario. 
if I'm producing a video that's going to be shown at a gala at a big event, people are probably going to expect that video to be high, have a higher production value because of because I want to trust that hey, this person can actually produce something quality, and if I'm giving them a lot of money. Well, I kind of expect to know that they know what they're doing. And so if you're producing something for in-person events, I, I strongly believe that having high quality is good, but at the same time, make sure that you're actually telling a story. So people want to see transformation. They want to see how the, how you're able to help them uh, overcome odds. They want to understand how the the people you're working with, if, if you're a nonprofit, how you were you know you were the guide and helped them. And so you, you know you will have to decide as you're cultivating what what your story looks like. But kind of a little shout out to, to StoryBrand is, is the concept of well, you as an organization most definitely are not the hero in the story and so you will have to decide though if the people you you work with the people you serve are the hero and you are the guide helping them or in the process you are going to have to discover whether you frame it so that the donor is in some ways essence the hero helping people overcome all of these obstacles so those those are two ways of of deciding to frame things from a giving point of view framing your donor as the hero it generally works better in terms of results. However, you do also run into the issue that we can make, especially if you serve people who are, you know, a little bit poorer, or less fortunate, it can make it seem like we're using them, and that they are not overcoming the obstacle on themselves. And you especially have to be careful, if the people you're working with are, you know, if they're if they're not white, and then and let's say if your, your donor base is, you have to be careful, really careful that you don't come across with a white savior complex, because th this is a real thing. And that you do want to avoid because it just in some ways perpetuates substance of poverty. And you want to you want, do want to very much avoid that if possible. But so it's a balancing act. And so you're gonna have to feel out the story, but I highly recommend you check out this concept. But no matter what you as the organization are not the hero in the story. So de definitely not not you. And likewise, same with the the client testimonial. So in a client testimonial, the client is most definitely the hero who is overcoming a certain odd. So whether it's a bad night's sleep, and or they're trying to be successful in school, and, and you provided this tool, you were the guide that helped help them learn how to play piano with this amazing app, or, or whatever it is, you help them overcome an odd that helped them succeed at life. And so that's what you're doing. And in both of these cases, if you're creating something for social media, it's okay to have the production values be lower for the sake of it feeling like it's authentic. However, if you're playing at a big event, then it's better to have it be be higher quality. And um, two, kind of this transitions into that, that fifth category that is more of a paid ad, where you're actually trying to produce something or trying to push people towards something. In some cases, having what looks like a video that's shot on, on a cell phone can be good in that it doesn't automatically look like a an advertisement. So right now our brains are getting trained as we scroll through our feeds in, in social media that when we see something high quality that looks too good, our brains automatically write it off as an ad unless it's something that, that really catches our attention. So in some ways, almost being able to bring the production value low but have that story be high can be a sweet spot where 
people initially think it's just a regular post, they start watching, and then they realize like, oh, this is actually an ad. And so there is some value to thinking through your strategy carefully there. But but you also can create, it's okay to create something high quality, people understand it's ad, but you just have to hook them and explain what it is that you do at the very beginning so they don't hit skip after those first six seconds. I know I oftentimes will hit skip, um, but unless it's something that's particularly engaging, then I might keep watching the ad, if, especially if it's YouTube, for example. And so with ads, you know, client testimonials are a powerful way of creating some of that stuff, of, of putting it out there, but make, you have to make sure you hook people at the very beginning so they keep watching it. And then two, you, within the context of ads, you have to understand the different, you know, the, kind of the different categories and part of it determines by like the nature of your business. So if you, if you're a business where you can show an ad and someone can then immediately go and then click and hit buy, then yeah, I just run some of those awareness ads, just explain that you estimate that you have to run them a certain amount of time before someone actually watches them all the way and then hits, hits buy if you've targeted the right audience. And then, however, there's also some of you will work in more service oriented businesses where someone might not need a specific item right away. And so in those cases, if you're creating an ad, you ultimately want to push someone to the next step in a process where you can hopefully ideally get their email address. So in many cases, this will look like run an ad that points to a that points to a, a lead magnet where they'll learn more about the problem, hopefully give you their email address. And at that point, you can follow up with them on a more regular basis, kind of helping advertise. And then that way, maybe two, three, nine months later, whenever it is that they're ready to actually use your service, you've stayed in contact with them and they're ready to make the, the purchase. And then in other cases, you might work with a, with a bigger company where it really is just overall awareness. In some cases, I've heard that, you know, if someone's going to donate to somebody, none of us ever look, oh, wow, this is a great organization. Let me give them money. It's usually a process. I mean, it's five, six, seven points of contact before people are actually ready to make a decision. And so in those cases, don't expect that you are going to have an immediate return on your investment if you are more of, you know, soliciting kind of donations, if you're a nonprofit, or if you're trying to get someone to move, understand that it's kind of a longer game and you need to be willing to set aside some money for that general advertising awareness, but make sure there's a very clear next step for what that looks like. And try to target people who have already, you know, gone to your site if you're using cookies or something like that, or if um, you have a way of knowing who already likes you on, let's say, Facebook, and who, then you can actually kind of retarget those people through other ads and try to raise general awareness within your specific community online right now, you can really create a lot of very specific targeted advertisements. And so you want to really want to make the most of those. So just a kind of quick recap, as we looked at the different types of videos we have. So regular content, so that is awareness content, you're probably either doing for social media for YouTube, but you're putting it out on a regular basis. And here your goal is weekly content within a budget that works for you. Then next, we look we looked at lead magnets and online courses where you are solving someone's problem. So that way, when they go on their site, they're giving you their email address in exchange for secret knowledge in some ways of, of how to accomplish something. And you are front and center, your face is there on the video, explaining how to do something, building trust and setting you up as a guide who can help them accomplish what they want to do. We also looked at brand videos that what's kind of your story, your backstory that I recommend in certain circumstances, but not as the first item to go for. I think it is powerful when people understand uh, like who you are, your backstory. But I mean, how many times do we go online just looking to hear, find someone's stories? Uh, no, usually we're looking online to find 
be entertained or to have our problem solved. And so you're gonna have to make sure that your brand story does one or the other. And then fourth, we looked at fundraising campaigns or client testimonials, and the importance of telling stories that actually impact, you know, stories of impact if you're more in the nonprofit space, or client testimonials of helping clients overcome an obstacle if it's a client testimonial. So that's it for that episode. So I encourage you as you're thinking through the content you produce, which category is it falling into? And just make sure you don't fall into the trap of trying to produce high, highly produced piece for social media that's not connected to anything and that's not part of a bigger scheme in terms of process and using the scheme and the, the British term there, not the, not the American version, where it's part of a process where things are in place, where it's part of a bigger campaign, and your video should always be connected to other things instead of just completely standing alone. So that wraps up this week and hope you take away something from that and have a great week.